It's Wednesday somewhere, and that means that you are listening to Spoiler Alert. Today, we are jumping deep into our very own minds just to kind of see what's down there. Like, we're just going to go in, root around, and find out what's lurking down there. That's right, Mm. folks. Today, we are talking about those visual experiences that we will never forget. And one thing I won't forget, that a full spoiler alert is in effect, and uh, that his name was Robert Paulson. I don't know. A very, a very quiet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. I did uh, good one, Jer. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a joke. That was not a joke at all. Uh, I'm joined today uh, via Zoom teleconference by Sean and Sonia. Hi, guys. How Hello. are you? We took, a, we, we took a week off. We've never done that before. We did. We're sorry. We're not, we I'm not sorry. The break. Was, yeah. We did. I feel invigorated and like I took a staycation and um that uh I didn't you know, an extra hour hour of 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 me time that day. Oh that's beautiful. You know? I just picture you with some cucumbers over your eyes, feet up, maybe uh-huh. a little face mask situation. Beautiful. Those feet off the ground. That's the it's, my feet are up right now on an old computer I keep under my desk. Oh my god, your house just How uses d- old computer products for furniture. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, we 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 do what we have to in the basement. You guys, PCs and ottomans. <laughs> a thing said I'm by act- many dads before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually sitting on a an old server with a with a like a tractor seat on top of Where's it. Where's the right server now. from? Montana's Kelsey's <laughs> <laughs> Circle gets the square. Okay. <laughs> As I mentioned, we are talking about the things that we cannot forget uh, today. Um, so you guys, when you think of cinematic movie experiences, I'll never forget what comes to mind. For me, one wow. of them for sure is the time that I saw Moonrise Kingdom with mm. friend of the show, Bishop Sommerfeld. I don't know if Bishop still listens, but if she does, shout out to my boo. Um, <laughs> she, and if she doesn't, we she should get back on it. <laughs> if she doesn't, <laughs> wow, good friend. Um, we went to it at the Paradise uh, Mini Golf Slash Entertainment Complex uh, that no longer exists, sadly, here in China. And um, it was just one of those movies that, like, just fully captured me from the get-go. Like, just the whimsy and the the, the tone of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It just was a wild ride from top top to bottom. Uh, this is... I have to interject. Sonia, I had the exact same experience at the same theater. And until me too, someone also it wrong, the same theater. <laughs> we all went at the same time. We didn't know each other. That's what happened. <laughs> That's so cute. That's I mean, totally what happened. Sean and I, I did def- know each other at the time, but... Th- there's a 90% chance that the movie ticket is in a tin behind me, and I wonder if I could locate the date and find out. But uh, neither here nor there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carbon date, our Moonrise Kingdom friendship. That's tr- that's true. That's true. Sean, what about you? What movies stick out to you as a, a ones well, that well, just grip you? Let me paint you a little picture. It's 1997. Um, is that the right date? <laughs> I think it is. Um, the town... The town uh, down the road from me opened up a movie theater just so they could play this very hyped film, Titanic. I knew it was going to be Titanic. They played it every day for a couple weeks, and then the movie theater basically closed down to my movie. really? Was it it a physical building? It was like a building that... It was a building on Main Street that had kind of just been abandoned, and then they just, like, put up a few, like, benches and a projector screen and... A popcorn machine, Where was and then this? very star. Like, they solo. probably played, yeah. They probably played. They may have played a few films, but it was a very short-lived th- experience. Um, oh, that's incredible! And there's a lot of things from that film to remember to stick with you. But yeah. honestly, some of the scenes that I rem- like, the one that sticks to me the most is that little old couple curling up next to each other in bed. The waters are mm-hmm. rising. They're it looks peaceful, but I know that in moments it's not going to be peaceful. <laughs> That's a that whole that whole montage, or like little Irish mom like tucking her kids into bed with the waters rising. There's a, those are some those are shots that stick with you. At oh, 10 that years will older, stick with you. Eleven, Ooh. yeah. Uh, it's funny for the spoiler. I was almost going to use a Titanic reference. So that's that's a that's a, a cute little tip there. Um, I. Uh, this is sort of my my most recent one. 
Um, there are a lot of these, mm. but, uh, I remember, um, uh, it was, it was always in 2015, um, but Mad Max Fury Road had come out and all of mm. my, I was still in school. All of my friends from school were like, you've got to, like, you need to see this as a whole. Anyway, I think I've seen it in the theater three times, but the first time I went with friends and like my eyes like bled because mm. I don't think I blinked the whole time. And, uh, there's just a bunch of like really nerdy and specific things that they did that were really practical and I thought were really cool and like I think about those guys on the motorcycles like swinging like the like three times a week I think yeah like like I'm I'm just like 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 how is this possible for a human to do this and not die and like for them to do it with the success that they do and like all this and uh I just think about it way too often like probably an unhealthy amount uh, how often do you guys think of your your things? Jeremy, I think about that film a lot as well because I also saw it probably three times in theaters. It might be mm-hmm. one of my favorite films, which is so surprising yeah. for me. But mm-hmm. um, And it's a movie packed with visuals. There's a lot to mm-hmm. remember. But there's it amps up in a way that where you're like, yeah, maybe it is realistic in the apocalypse that there's a guy on a sort of springy um, pole that's, you know, that help you grab people and you drive up to them with your all-terrain vehicle. But then it amps up in such a way that all of a sudden you're faced with a blind guitarist hanging from a wall of uh, speakers and shredding. And then you're like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like you jump the shark and it's very fun. I was going to say, Sean, speaking of amped it up, the guitar guy. Oh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> and also, totally I was it. reading about the prequel uh, that is in production with Anya Taylor-Joy as a young um, Furiosa. Nice. And mm. I just, I it sounds just so great. And I, mm-hmm. I'm i very excited to, to add to that, you know, series. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I also think that, like, uh, as far as episodes of spoiler alert go we should do like a spoiler alert recommends episode but mm. i'm i'm afraid that it'll be very similar to this episode <laughs> just just because i i feel like that the the moments and things that stick out are going to be like things we hold in high praise except for a few very choice things that i'll bring up in another question but um so so narrowing down we talked about motorcycles and people on poles what are some other specific performances that really stick with you yeah i feel like a performance performances that really stick stick with me are sometimes not a very good performance, but yeah. just one that I enjoyed a ton. Uh, and one of them is uh, is the role of Poison Ivy um, in Batman oh, and Robin, yeah. oh. played by Uma Thurman, which she is like ridiculous, like swaggery villain, uh, and she's like I just like I love that role and I love her in general. And that's just one that sticks out to me all the time. And if I ever play, like, uh, a sort of glam villain, I'm always just doing that voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, that's such an iconic one. Because there are so many choices made. Yeah, she just is, she's like, I'm making every choice. And yeah. Yeah. they're all right choices. Okay, I remembered the one I was thinking of. Sure, and it's actually kind of a, a twofer because I was thinking of the one and then I was like, well, I can't really talk about this without talking about the other. So okay. the one that I started thinking about was um, Melanie Laurent in Inglorious Bastards who plays Shoshana because I mm. feel like that is such a layered and complex performance because there are all these layers of like her lies and her sort of performance to stay alive but then these moments where that falls away, like I just, I don't know. It, I still think about it all the time. Yeah. Um, and then the other side of that, of course, is Christoph Waltz as, you know, the one who's hunting her. And like he, he I think he had been in things before that, obviously. Like, well, oh, yeah. for sure German things. But like, um, that's the first thing I remember ever seeing him in. And I remember just like, being like so struck by that performance. Um and his, like, that sort of, like, cheerful menace that he has, like, the way he can kind of just flip the the whole mood on a dime, like, where he's being so charming and witty, and then there's just this intense threat. Like, I don't know. I thought that mm-hmm. was, like, that's something that still sticks with me, for sure. Yeah. 
And it's like, well, the, the, everything coming together there, and you're right, you can't talk about one without talking about the other, but like, it is, there's just something so haunting about the cheer that he feels, you know, like, like his sense of duty or pride or joy or whatever you want to call it. Like, it's just the, the two together, like the whole, um, are they having lunch scene? Mm-hmm. Like where they're like, the tension is just crazy. And then when he finally leaves and she just like breaks down, yeah. like everybody feels that, like get him out of this room immediately mm-hmm. because yeah. Um, yeah. And glorious bastards has a great one too, that it gave me quite the moment in theater. I fully, I, I was like, my mouth like was dropping when Shoshana puts her plan into action. She, Gets a theater full of Nazis. She locks yeah. the doors. She starts burning them up. And then she's got the, her film playing of her um, mm. telling them it was her that did it. And then just like minutes of her laughing. Yeah. <laughs> laughing as they all are burning to death. It was so crazy. And, yeah. You know, yeah, that absolutely. Is, that was one that I was like, what? Like, Quentin is unhinged in the best way. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think I've brought this up on the show before, but um, there are, well, there's a few scenes that still, I don't know if it was just like, hit me at the correct time in puberty or what happened, but um, in Running With Scissors, uh, there's two scenes in particular. Uh, you got, Have you guys seen this? I can't even remember. Yeah. Um, but there's one where Brian Cox like loses his mind and he is inviting his family and ward to see a bowel movement that he had. And, um, like, it's just so crazy and done with, like, 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 there's just so many strange things about this character, but it's probably his best work. Like, it it gets me every time, but it's contrasted with this scene right at the end where, uh, a young, uh, I can't remember, but Augustus Burroughs is the character that, um, but, uh, his, you know, mother figure gives him money to leave because he, like, can't live here. Uh, and at the time I, like, full-on cried like i like could not take it it still gets me a little weepy but i think it is just so incredibly human and generous and it meant so much that individual like like it's just so real um it's it's one of the best it's one of my favorite all-time things ever Mm -hmm. um and again like like as you said sonia sort of being in with amongst all this other stuff and all these other really great performances but it just absolutely guts you because you think he's got nothing left and then he kind of just has to like break free and run and uh it's so good oh god it's yeah i need so to rewatch good. that movie it's been a while yeah i'm so yeah. afraid that it doesn't hold up <laughs> right so i know <laughs> i know it, that is the way like my young monkey brain just loved the these stupid jokes and the, the rest was just padded in but um okay you guys moving on to our next question what about visual moments are there specific shots or scenes that you still think about visually fury road aside i i suppose but uh, sean why don't you hit us up on this one well this one i don't remember the year but this is a this is a visual that i feel like is probably one of the top 10 uh most memorable shots of any film which Mm -hmm. is um, a small child sitting in a car, visiting a, a little amusement park called Jurassic Park, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the little water glass mm. is doing the, the mm. little, the ripple, um, and it is, it's so menacing, um, and it's so subtle, it's not like a huge, you know, moment, but it just is like this very impending fear, it's mm-hmm. so good. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, not not to mention like that is now like an a very key indicator that a dinosaur is coming to you. Like you could be at at supper and hit the table and a bunch of people will like know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like a very Yeah. No, it's it like is, burned it's on our collective for, unconscious. It's shorthand for a dinosaur's coming. And like yeah. they've tried <laughs> exactly. to do it in in like the few in other films of the same, they're like, Oh, this puddle is like ooh. Yeah. <laughs> trying to recreate it but it's like you'll never do it more than mm-hmm. this uh than the glass of water yeah honestly it's, i'm it's a- i'm surprised that jeremy even remembers that scene because i thought he would be so distracted by uh laura dern in those shorts i mean she's not in that scene <laughs> thankfully but uh it, it's it's part and parcel i don't like the fact that i thought of it before you mentioned it is what scares me <laughs> 
I know. That's that's the that's the wow. Um, you think of this child quivering in fear, and all of a sudden your mind wanders to those <laughs> long stems every, on Miss Dern. Every <laughs> every single sort of like indication of that gets me to Laura Dern and yeah. Safari Shorts. Yeah. And it, I think it, I think it hurts me about how big of a person, like how much of me is that. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's this terrifying. Is, this, uh, spoiler alert should have done a group Halloween costume this year. Um, I would be Laura Dern. One of you can wear a T-Rex, one of those T-Rex costumes. <laughs> Me. Yeah, the other person can be Dr. Ian Malcolm. I'm you know, Jared. That's, this, all, this all fits perfectly, I think. <sighs> oh my god. That's, yeah. With that slightly open button-down shirt, perfect. Oh my god. I'll just lay on a car. All <laughs> oh my... <laughs> My broken leg and whatnot. Oh my god! Be Amazing. Okay, well, next year, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Um. um yeah. Okay. Well, I I thought about not using this as mine because it truly is just the most obvious, but it really is the the first one that comes to my mind, and that is the final scene of two thousand five's Pride and Prejudice, when it's this beautiful, peaceful dawn morning it's like this beautiful pink and purple sky it's so quiet the score is beautiful and subtle there's like some some quiet birds chirping and you see elizabeth on her morning walk as she's realizing how profoundly she's in love with mr darcy and how hopeless everything seems and then the music swells and he comes into frame with his long coat flapping behind him you can't tell me it's not a perfect cinematic moment. I know it's you not. You can't it's, tell me. <laughs> you can't tell me. Now listen, it's not the most groundbreaking or like artistically meritorious of any possible shot that I could have chosen, but it's absolutely beautiful and I think it so perfectly captures the emotion of that moment and my heart forever. I I, th- I think Pride and Prejudice is like like a really good example of something that somebody can watch and at a base level, appreciate the work and time and effort that went into it. Because even like with the sound off, visual like it's visually incredible. Yeah, like, it's a beautiful movie. Like they like they have done so much, and you know like they they really made like the the location sort of a character in it, and um, you know like they've talked about how much they've had to do because they can't kiss. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they can't, there's no moment that that, so they have to do all these other things to make it work. Um, and it's a, like, it's a clearly a huge moment. Like there's no, Ugh. they've yeah. got to throw I him don't... in like a wet white shirt. <laughs> clinging. That's the, that's the mini series, but yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's I kind just of, thought it's that he was always me, in a wet least. white shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's Colin Frank specific. And then my, my so. honorable mentions are Parasite and an Annihilation, just the whole movies, basically. <laughs> oh, I've never seen oh, Annihilation. The, oh, you it's, should. It's it's weird in a good way. Because I it's, read it's it, ha- but I was like, wow, 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 this is wackadoo. Yeah. It's it's hard to do sci-fi that weird without really alienating people. And I, Alien. I think that... Yeah. But I think oh. the visuals actually are part of what makes that successful with Annihilation. Oh, yeah. Certainly, is that yeah. it's so sumptuous and, like, just there's mm-hmm. so much happening that you would you could just not pay attention to the movie mm-hmm. and you'd still be entertained. But uh, the entire... I don't know if you felt this, Sonia. The entire time I watched it, I thought of Avatar mm. that was, like, equally as different but, like, not working in the same way. Yeah. Right? Like, like building something new as opposed to, like, affecting my reality, maybe. Mm. But... Uh, that's neither. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Um, but uh, do you guys have you ever seen Vanilla Sky? Mm. There's a very famous scene at the start of it. Um, I really hate this movie. I re- <laughs> like. I really do. But so much of it sticks in my brain just because it's so strange and so weird. But the scene at the start is very famous, and it's where they bought out um, Times Square so Tom Cruise could run through it. And uh, apparently somewhere there's, like, one homeless person they missed. Like, mm. some <laughs> has three frames of... Just hanging but, out. Uh, just like, oh. <laughs> uh, I remember watching this movie and thinking, like, I thought I kind of knew what it was about, and I really didn't know what it was about. And the starting scene just, like, sets you off on this really strange thread that runs through the whole thing. 
but I'll never forget it just because I'm so used to Tom Cruise running. Like, like that's like a, a movie trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like, but then to use that in like such an unsettling panicky way as he's like looking for any individual in the city of New York, um, is re- it was really like, it hit me like it really. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I also just want to very much touch base on is the first time you see an alien in signs. Mm. Because oh like, yeah, in that video like, clip, watching the like home the video recording movie? on a like see like having all those layers to it, yeah, and then like just seeing it for that moment, like it's just so like adrenaline pumping. It might be scary, like I like I don't know how to, but even when I watch it now, and then Joaquin, his reaction to it, like it's just like, you know, like what did I just see? And now it looks so dated, like the CGI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like there's like a white haze over the whole thing. But I watched um, that in theater at the Golden Mile with my friend in grade like eleven, and there was just the two of us and then one woman in the back of the theater. And my friend, like, he's very he gets worked up very easily, and he fully screamed like before even <laughs> the, like before the alien even really came into into screen. So I was I got terrified from it, but. I don't think it was justly deserved by the film. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, we have time for one more question before the break. Um, we all know my answer to this question, but are there movie moments that you thought you remembered only realized later that they were not accurate? Sorry, um, Jerry. You guys go. You guys go first, and then we'll talk about my thing, which I voiced live on the radio, and we'll have to address. <laughs> um. Okay. I actually can't think of one because. I think it's well documented that I forget many, 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 mm. many things. And so I don't know what it is that I've forgotten. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think of one and I, I couldn't think. I'm sure there are lots, but. I know I this is a tough question, but I think that we do. We know exactly what Jerry's is. Yeah. Um, this, yeah. Was, love to hear this was slightly targeted. <laughs> <laughs> this is a targeted ad. <laughs> Jer? Uh, well, I was gonna say, Sean, you don't, you don't have one of those. Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't have anything good. We're, we're obviously all talking about this boiled bacon scene <laughs> that I can't find, that I don't know if I imagined. I have been so okay. First of all, this is a funny story, Jim. I know you're listening. My brother started listening to the show. He's working his way forward and back. I contacted him about the scene that we can both remember, where a mom is boiling bacon for her husband to be more healthy. And the bacon looks disgusting. Now, there is a scene in Better Off Dead that depicts this exact thing. Except the bacon's green and it has like jello on it. And it just doesn't fit with our memory of what this thing is. We both thought it was in Teen Wolf. It's not in Teen Wolf because we recently watched Teen Wolf proving that there's no boiled bacon scene. Even though I hyped it up and these guys probably hate Teen Wolf for that scene not being in there. (laughs) So if anybody knows about a scene where a family is boiling bacon that's not in Better Off Dead, please hit us up on Facebook because it is literally killing me. And literally. Uh, it's 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 fractured my psyche. Oh, like no. there's a crack in me. That's uh it's not you know it's not damaging but it is permanent. This is like and, a very uh, miniature Mandela effect. Yeah. Between you and your brother. <laughs> But Jer, okay, oh, I'm I'm learning about memory in my cognition class right now, and I just want yeah. you to know what you're experiencing is a very normal human experience. Our memories are highly fallible, and we it, you've probably associated it with something really similar, and just mm-hmm. it's now so vivid that it's Jeremy, like no one its own else thing. has ever experienced this before, and you're psycho. <laughs> Jer, we're worried about you. This is actually an intervention. <laughs> This is today is the day that I'm here to tell you Sean isn't real. Oh God, he never was. <laughs> but uh, the thing that's so confusing about this is that, and maybe I led my brother, like maybe I mm-hmm. talked to him, and like, but I was like, "Do you remember this scene happening?" And I was, he was like, "Yes." And I said, "What movie is it from?" And then he paused for like five minutes and went Teen Wolf. Mm. And I was like, "Okay, so this is he a, paused like, for I'm five not... minutes, and you just waited <laughs> yeah. for him to think." That's a long yeah, time. <laughs> it was. It was. I think. I think Rory had to go to the bathroom or something in between. So like, there's like, there's like, an action in between. But when we got back to it, he was like, "I'm pretty sure it's Teen Wolf," and I don't know if I implanted that in mm-hmm. him. You like, I years ago, like, I'm not sure. And uh, it's it's. I think it's probably should be called like the TBS 
syndrome. <laughs> because there are a lot of things we misremember because TBS edited them. Right? Like, you know, like you yeah. watch Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and there's like a whole other part. And you're like, what is all this? And then you later find out that TBS just cut it out. Um, which, you know, they're prone to do. But mm. that's neither here nor there. All right, you guys. Uh, I think I need some brain food and just to take a moment and recollect my thoughts and figure out where this boiled bacon come fr- came from. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to take a quick break and listen to our sponsors. You're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, Regina Community Radio, and we are tuned into the community. Well, listeners, you're back listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, Regina Community Radio. Today we're talking about the things we'll never forget. But uh, before we do that, does anyone have any idea uh, what time it is? Anyone know what time? No, we don't what time record we're Wednesdays anymore. So I, yeah. I guess it would be so it's, that. But that's true, but it's game time, people. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, for those who don't know, if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend, I think it was like five minutes this week, looking for a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, and I tell them what it's really about. Are you guys ready to play the game? Yes! I'm ready. Okay, this week's title is Paycheck. That title again, Paycheck. 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 Sean, do you want to go first? Paycheck. Sure. So I believe this is about a man. He works in an office. He has a very boring cubicle sort of life. He goes to work. He goes home. He watches CSI SVU. Um, And then one day he gets his paycheck and it is about half um, what he is normally paid. And he was like, oh, that's very interesting. And so then he goes to, uh, to check it out with accounting. And they're like, you've always been paid this much for as long as you've been employed here. And he's like, what? And then he asks around to his employees and they're all like, yeah, that's what we all have get paid. And he's like, and he tries to go back to his old, his old pay stubs and he can't find them. And he starts unraveling until he realizes that his, the place that has employed him has uh, memory wiped everybody to pay them less, mm. but his didn't work somehow. And he Whoa. exposes them. Whoa. And that's Dang. what I think paycheck is about. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Wow. Sonia, what do you think Paycheck's about? Okay. I think Paycheck is a suspense slash thriller wherein Mm -hmm. it begins with a man waking up on a deserted beach. It's it's quiet. There's no one there. (laughs) Hence why it's deserted. Um, (laughs) And all he has on his person is a paycheck with a name on it. And Mm -hmm. he has to try and figure out who he is and what his former life was based on this one piece of information. But he goes to the organization that the paycheck is from, and they've never heard of the person whose name is on the check. And he goes to the address listed, and and there's a family living there, and it's not, they're not missing him. And so this man has to figure out his whole past based on his paycheck. Wow. Dang, that's wild, y'all. That's yeah. wild. Um, I I kind of hate to do this, but I think I have to. And that's uh, Sean, half a point. <gasps> wow. Uh, for the game. I know wow. you hate yeah. to do this, but I really hate. Yeah, but you were you you hit you hit quite a few notes. Um, so if anyone wants to watch Paycheck and not have it spoiled, just skip ahead or stop listening for the next minute or so because I'm going to spoil this movie. I've talked about it on the show before, but Paycheck's a 2003. American science fiction film um, directed by John Woo and starring Ben Affleck and Aaron Eckert. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. there's, there's a there's a bit of a like there's a bit of like a, a leap that you need to take to understand what's happening. But in the near future, Ben Affleck is a inventor who specializes in inventing things that have already been made to avoid copyright issues. Oh. Uh, so what he does is reverse engineer things, but as a part of that process, he gets his memory wiped. So when he goes to court, he can't talk about what he did. So because he has no idea. Um, anyway, the start of the film uh, is about uh, he is about to embark on for Aaron Eckert a three-year project. So he'll lose three years of his life, but he's supposed to get all this money. But when he comes to and goes to get all of his money, he finds only an envelope with sunglasses, a pack of cigarettes, a bus pass, a diamond ring, a paperclip, 
a fortune from a cookie, a janitor's key, lighter, hairspray, matchbook, a, a bus pass, a key, a looking glass, a stamp, ball bearings, an Allen wrench, and what? a coin. And the, That's so and, many uh, things. Why yeah, is it's so 20, it's, it's How 20, big is this envelope? <laughs> it's 20 things. It's a, it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big guy. It's a big, it's a, you know, <laughs> yeah. eight like a tire 11. iron, a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, as he starts, you know, navigating what's going on, it's revealed that uh, his employer and ex-friend is trying to kill him. And for some reason, all of these items, he is able to sort of get out of jams in very particular ways with each one of them as he goes goes forward. Anyway, um, I won't spoil the whole thing. It's pretty great. Like for a 2003 Ben Affleck film, it's pretty good. That I remember thinking creepy. like, this is going to be... This is gonna be a hunk of garbage, but it was it was pretty great. So mm-hmm. um, everyone, check check out Paycheck if you've got time, and I know you do because it's the end of the world. But um, <laughs> the game is, of course, brought to you by the biggest theater in town, standing tall, and over three hundred Ben Afflecks piled up into a big pile. The... Well, if he's standing on all of his junk from his envelope. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the the Kramer IMAX Theater at the Saskatchewan Center, Science Center is the premier place to watch movies right now, where they take your safety into account and will double bag that popcorn. Okay, oh, yeah. you guys? They take a bag, and they fill it up, and they take another bag and put it over top for your safety and mine. And... Uh, <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> Even if you're not at the theater. <laughs> it's definitely for safe. our safety. Keeping everyone safe. All right. Um, of course, we're talking about movies, what we'll never forget today. And um, I'm going to read my list on the next question of where we are to talk about. Um, what are things that you wish you could forget from movies? Are there are there things that you wish would be gone? Be gone. Be gone. The first one that comes to mind in reading this, which in hindsight is like maybe not fair, mm-hmm. is... The banana hammock situation from Borat. Oh. And mostly that's because I feel that it emboldened a whole generation of men to um, wear the such wear such a garment as a joke. Um, <laughs> it I, it really particularly did. takes really me back to the Winnipeg Folk Festival circa, I think, about 2008. And seeing wow. a very, very drunk man who... Frankly, doesn't share Sasha Baron Cohen's um, frame, (laughs) physique, physique. which, you know, and and I think everyone should feel comfortable to wear whatever they feel comfortable in, and they should celebrate their own body. In that particular moment, I was not prepared to see quite as much of that person's body as I Uh then forcefully had burned on my retina. Um, So that's, that's what I'm going with for mine. Yeah. You don't expect that from okay, a folk th- fest, thank you. do you? Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> unexpected nudity at a folk festival, I just can't believe it. Sean? Uh, you know, this is, this is a weird, it's a line reading that has haunted me my entire life because <laughs> I, I, like, I literally will never forget it. And I don't know why it stuck with me. But in the film Dennis the Menace from, who knows, the 90s, mm-hmm. <laughs> Walter, Matthau is, Walter Matthau is like grumpy old man in it. Um, and there's a part where Christopher Lloyd, who is a, a homeless vagrant, comes into town and sees a child eating an apple and then uh, asks him what he's eating. And then the kid just says, a apple with like, uh, and apple. just like, no, no, and just a, a apple. And I'll just like, I'll literally never forget it. And I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't, the last thing on earth could be a cockroach and then just that line in my brain. <laughs> that's really I, funny that does make sense though it is yeah. like a very unsettling uh, it just, yeah I, think, I was like it was a yeah. surprise to not have the Anne in there maybe <laughs> I don't know he, <laughs> he zigged when I thought he was going to zag and yeah, it, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, uh, that's really true I, I would like to give a special mention to the film Powder which I wish I could forget all of mm. and I've talked about it before look it up if you want P- please don't um, it, it just needs to be avoided. Uh, but I want to talk about, um, a thing that I, it's, it's, you know, we're talking about memory. It's kind of weird. I forgot what movie this was from and I forgot a lot of what was happening, but the key things that disturbed me stayed with me. And then when I refound it, it was like this big realization. Um, so, um, there's a movie called Fistful of Dollars, which mm-hmm. I think I, I watched 
when I was too young. Um, that's based off Yojimbo, but that doesn't, that's not. But from that movie, there is a movie called Last Man Standing, which is a Bruce Willis remake of Fistful of Dollars. Mm. And um, I remember, because my dad got both of them, because he wanted to watch one after the other on VHS. It was a long, it was a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, um, in Last Man Standing, it's like, a, they're like all gangsters. And like Christopher Walken's in it. There's a lot of Tommy guns and stuff. But near the end, there's this one scene. Uh, it's a famous scene where they interrogate the bartender uh, to find out where the Bruce Willis character is in this case. Anyway, it's these four guys and they're beating this guy who's tied to a chair and they're spinning the chair and like hitting him and they break glass on him and dump. Anyway, um, I was very unsettled, but like I, like I was, I don't know how old I was, but I like, I just, I couldn't handle it. I think I literally had to leave. Until it was over. But then Bruce Willis saves him, so everything's okay. And he might lose an eye or something, I don't know. But for whatever reason, like it's a small that... small price to pay. Uh, that depiction still really, like, gets me. Mm. And when I watch it now, it seems so fake. It's so fleeting. Like, it's, like, not even 30 seconds. It's just, like, an entry into the scene before we find Bruce Willis under the floorboards. Like, that's it. Like, that's the only thing that... But, um, it's still, it's just, it's in me. Like, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, there's another scene in Dark Man where the bad guy force feeds another guy a frog. And that oh, also, sick. yeah, that one, uh, that one did not get glossed over. It's still really gross. The but, eye thing reminds me yeah. of Kill Bill 2 when, uh, oh. Uma and Daryl Hannah are doing their little fight in the trailer. And then it ends with Uma just plucking out Daryl Hannah's eye. And yeah. that like will it was stick with nothing. me for a while, too. Just nothing. Bloop. For me, that Oof. might be the, the torture scenes from V for Vendetta. But I wonder if I would find them as upsetting going back now. Oh, like when she's in jail. Yeah. Like that whole, yeah. Um, but, spoiler that, alert, she's not in jail. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she's still locked in a cell. Yeah. So You're right. She, she is literally in jail. Split hairs here. She's not yeah. in jail where she thinks she's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, like a locked room is a locked room, Sean, and depending on who owns it, doesn't necessarily make it better. <laughs> so... You know what? You're right. Wow, Jerry, that's deep. That's yeah, deep. in fact, in this case, it makes it much worse. <laughs> but um... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, can I talk uh, about a moment that I thought of this week that I forgot about? Um, yes. So it is from a film called Seven Brides for Seven Brothers which is like mm. a, an old musical that my grandma used to watch a lot. Um, mm. And there's a scene where it's about these seven brothers. They're country boys and they live all far away and they don't meet people that often. But then uh, they have a lady from town comes in and she's like, oh, you guys are like pretty hot and you should like get fixed <laughs> up and go into town. And, and they're like, okay. And so then they go into town and they are at this barn raising and then they do a very extremely vigorous barn raising dance sequence that is incredible. Like mm-hmm. people are back flipping off of boards. Like it's insane. Anyway, <laughs> I, I rewatched it this week and I was like, how many people like the, <laughs> this movie set would be shut down. It looks so dangerous. <laughs> yeah. uh, like axes, axes are flying. People are like jumping off of roofs. It's crazy. It's truly crazy. The old-timey musicals are just, you know, how many people lost their life filming this barn racing scene? That's what I'd like to know. I I would also like to bring up one more thing that Mm. I... It's it's very embarrassing, but um, I I don't have enough details for it to fully make a hit. In grade seven, we watched this miniseries that was about World War II. And I believe it was focused on the Holocaust, but it was like a, a Remembrance Day thing. And it had this horrible song at the start of it. And our teacher said, people don't really like the song, but by the end of it, you love the song. And I remember thinking, like, that's crazy. Like, that's not a thing that will happen. And it's this horrible VHS rendering of this song. And I remember specific lyrics of it, but it's like really not good. Like, like some lady just belted this out in a hotel room in one take, and that's what they used. Anyway, um, by the end, everyone in the class was singing this song. They're all like, we <laughs> will remember you know, the holidays. What song is it? it? It's like some of the lyrics are like, you're lost from our homes, from not our, but not our heart. 
your ship is on the river. Like all these very strange, like like it's it's about war atrocity. Like yeah. that's what this minute. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that. And I wish I could find it. I've been looking for years to try and find this thing, and I can't. Wow. E- even with the very specific lyric knowledge that I have. <laughs> yeah. I still can't find Yeah, you it. could just Google some of these lines that you remember word for word. I have, and it's still not coming up. So it's got to be like a cheap Canadian mm. something. Like, it's got to be like, anyway, I can't find it. You know what, Jeremy? Um, this is probably a bit of a boiled bacon situation. And yeah, I don't think you're ever going to find this song. I got to call, like, all those kids I went to school with in grade seven and be like, do you remember singing this song? You were really singing it with a lot of heart. Did and they're going to be like, up? Jeremy who? <laughs> a bit of a paycheck situation I, w- I went to school with a young man named Sean Dunham I don't understand what's happening um, Alright, my last question before we move on here guys Are there specific aspects or things that you're more likely to remember uh, than others? So for example, you know, uh, Sean might be dancing, a score, good lines, establishing shots, etc mm. Yeah, I feel like for me I'm more likely, well, I mean, we're all literally more likely to remember things that make me feel something strongly. So, like, if there's, like, a really strong emotion tied to it, I feel like I am more likely to remember. Not unlike that scene from Pride and Prejudice. Sure. Absolutely. Shall yeah. I will, I will always remember a good line because if I, mm. if I hear it, I will, like, say it. I want to feel it through my own mouth, like, a few times, too. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes I'll just like not forget it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, for, for me and you guys will not be surprised by this, but if, um, if there is a practical effect mm-hmm. that works well, I like a part of me and I think it's like my obsessive, like, how did they pull it off? And then once I learn, like, I'll never forget, like, uh, yeah, I, I've brought up Star Trek on this podcast 87 times, but I will, I will never forget it. I will literally never forget um, just because I think it's so neat. I think it's so cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like that question was a cute little encapsulation of each of us. And, like, been. the things we think about and focus on. I think that's true. Um, well, if uh, no one else has anything to say, I think we can move on to a little segment called What You Watching? So, you guys, what you what you watching these days? I finally got around to watching a movie that I've been meaning to for almost two years now. Called The Lighthouse. Oh, um, yeah. By Robert. It, hold on. Hold on. Has it been out for two years? Yeah, it came out in 2019. Oh, my God. Okay. I know. Wow. Oh, I know. my God. I feel like, okay. okay. It's one of those things. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this new film that I've been meaning to take yeah. a look at. Um, it was so good. Like, so strange and unsettling and intense and, like, wild and upsetting at times but like oh my goodness the performances um that Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson turn in and the way they play off each other I mean the whole so the whole film is basically these two lighthouse keepers Willem Dafoe is the the veteran and Robert Pattinson is new to it and they're together on this isolated island for what they think will be four weeks and it's basically about the sort of power dynamic between them and I think the whole thing is sort of, I think it's a criticism of the American dream somewhat because there's kind of this idea of like the cleansing light of the lighthouse and how Willem Dafoe is keeping Robert Pattinson from it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's such a complex movie. I'm still thinking about it. I instantly went and watched a video essay about it on YouTube right after watching it, which I feel like tells you it's an effective film if you're like thinking about it that hard. Yeah, totally. Um, it's gross and like upsetting and visceral and yeah, I just really found it fascinating. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's on. It's not like on Crave now or something. Uh, it's like. on Prime. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Cool, Sean. What have you been watching? Um. Well, I'm. So I, I am halfway through season four of The Crown. Uh, mm. This is when Princess Diana pop in. This is when. Uh, Julian Anderson plays Meg Margaret Thatcher, and she's incredible. Um, but I'm not I'm not finished, and so I'm maybe save my thoughts until I'm done. But so far, I'm lo- like Jillian is so good, I can't believe it. Um, and also, just like 
the what I like about the crown is these little facts where you're just like, oh, I didn't know that a man like broke into the queen's bedroom and like talked with her for a half hour, um, like in the eighties, just like weird things like that. Um, but another film I watched this week is called Blue Lagoon. Um, mm. Have you guys heard of this? <laughs> so I think so. What what year is some, it from? It's from nineteen. 19- 1980, it's a uh, Brooke Shields film, and I thought it was supposed to be good. My friend and I watched it on Netflix, Um, and it has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a very (laughs) bad film. Um, It's about these two children that get shiprocked on an island, um, and then they're there for like 10 years, and as they grow older, they like grow sexually attracted to each other and eventually succumb to those desires. And it's, like, I thought it was going to be sort of a, like, a legit view of, like, what would happen to two children uh, if they're, like, stranded on an island. But they actually are just, like, we just get really sexy and we all want to, like, (laughs) it's so gross. And Brooke Shields is 15 in the film. Oh, no. Um, And also this is her, like, the her second film and the one before that she was, like, 12. And she also is, like, a very sexualized person. The Hollywood did... Did bad by Brooke Shields, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, God. <laughs> and, like, they, uh, yeah, so, like, and there's so many lingering shots of them just, like, naked swimming. But, like, the the boy was 18, so the, he is the real swimmer. But um, they had another woman, play, like, swim with him to be her. But it, it was just so sexual, and I was really shocked. And literally, it's it, they're terrible actors, and it's just, it was it was a very weird film. And I I guess I didn't know why it was very popular, and I think it's just because everyone's naked. I think that's true. Uh, so um, uh, on this note, Sean, I'm going to just jump on board for a moment here. Mm-hmm. I have found uh, a digital cover or poster for Blue Lagoon on the internet which I invite all of our listeners to quickly Google as we're going to follow it and read together. Um, so this is literally on, it's either the cover of something or the poster, and I will read aloud what we see. Uh, so I, I'm sharing it. Uh, so the director of Greece oh, no. brings the screen a sensual story of natural love. Two children <laughs> shipwrecked alone on a tropical island. Nature is kind. They thrive on the bounty of the jungle and lagoon. The boy grows tall. The girl, beautiful. When their love happens, it's as natural as the sea and as powerful. Okay, this, this is, like, is crazy. Have they never heard of, like, that's not a good tagline. That is a full paragraph. Yeah. This, this, is, this is, at best, an extended thesis statement to, to make sure you know what this movie's about. Yeah, it's very, oh, like, no. you know exactly what's happening there. Yeah, is this just one man's fantasy come to life on screen? Probably. Like, <laughs> but no, it is. It is a specific art of. Well, Sean, I'm, I'm so happy that you had that experience. Yeah, and, me too. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. And I hope yeah. that you are richer. From me and my it. friend Ali watched it, and we're, I were like, "Oh, I've heard this is good," and then we we're like, "This is <laughs> gross, actually, and really bad." But so anyway. weird, so slow. Oh, man. Okay, uh, I'm going to talk about two things today, one of which I'll not shut up about ever. Um, but uh, season, or episode three of The Mandalorian is out, and oh my god, it's so good, you guys. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of controversy right now about Baby Yoda yeah. eating some eggs. Let's the... all chill out. We know that they're not fertilized. It's not a big deal. It's all fine. Let's all be That calm. frog lady has it's... a lot of eggs. <laughs> like, how is that what everyone's upset about in this, it's the year like, of our Lord like, 2020? Like, like, it is important because the character is saying, like, this is their last batch of eggs the for the family eggs. line. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh. it's it's a big deal. But, like, like there's still eggs left. It's, like, only one needs to hatch. It's okay. It's all good. And from mo- movie ma- magic, it seems like that barrel of eggs, it seems to be endless. In one scene, there's three left in there. And then the next one, there's 25. So let's all just chill <laughs> and, out. And Baby Yoda does feel bad. When he, he sees does. when he sees Frog Lady, uh, how protective she is of the eggs, he's like, okay, yeah. So let's all regret. let's all just calm down, 
and enjoy the story and recall that it's a fictional universe. And as Sonya said, we've got other real problems that we need to <laughs> spend our energy on. And uh, I will admit that this may or may not have have uh, unfolded on a, an internet argument with me and another person on Reddit about actual chicken eggs, which we were not going to get into. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Jeremy, oh, you engage that. with the egg community, you are going to get it. I, I, he just, well, he, I don't know if it's this, he just didn't know that, like, like, chickens, like, anyway, oh my god, it's, it's crazy. Okay, um, <laughs> the thing that I would like to talk about that I did watch and complete, it's only eight episodes, it's called Utopia. Have you guys seen this show? No, I've, no. like, heard buzz about it, but I don't know anything yeah, about it. So, so there's, there's, there's two seasons of a British one, which I'm now trying to seek out. Um, it's essentially about... These people who have met online and they're obsessing over this comic book called Dystopia. And um, they find all these indicators of all these things that are like conspiracy theories about uh, the creation of Zika and all these different viruses. Um, after episode two, COVID hits. So they start putting a disclaimer about things not being relevant to. But um, uh, it eventually is revealed that there's another... A sequel called Utopia, which everyone is trying to get their hands on, but it's revealed at the end of the first episode that all the events that transpired are true, mm. and the characters from the book are alive, and these people sort of get thrown into it. Anyway, amazing performances by the cast, including Rain Wilson and John Cusack, mm. and um, for like... For like six episodes, you have no idea what's going on, and like it's it's absolutely thrilling, like it's amazing. And then when you kind of figure it out, things just sort of fizzle out and end. But it's still very good, and there's going to be more, so everybody check it out. Um, we're out of time. I would like to. Oh my god, I don't have my end notes. I'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna. Uh, everyone here at CJTR, CJTR, my listeners, Sean and Sonia, and uh, no. My co-host, Sean, we also host our listeners. Jeremy. We're listening. <laughs> You're listening and hosting. Um, we're broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 mm -hmm. and rebroadcast Thursdays at noon. Oh, wow. That's all from memory. Um, we're on social media <laughs> at SpoilerAlertYQR. At SpoilerAlertCJTR. I don't know which one. Search around. I can't remember. I didn't make any notes, but that's okay. And now I'm dragging the show longer than it needs to be. Memory uh, is fickle, so... as we know. <laughs> <laughs> My electric is coming up next, and see you guys next week. Bye! Bye.